Hello everyone, welcome to the Property Empress podcast. This is season four, episode six. Uh, I'm Drew and I'm here today with Anna, the Property Empress. How are you today? Hello everyone, it's lovely to be back. Yeah, it's nice to be here again. Good feedback on last week's one. We've got an interesting subject to go through today and it's something which I think everybody who gets into investment goes through at some point. We certainly did and we will talk about our particular experiences as we go through the podcast but today's subject is fear fear of the market fear of limiting beliefs i guess education there's lots of stuff to go through and we will say what we were frightened of when we started what was holding us back and uh possibly what we're frightened of now are we still scared i don't know yeah a bit scared and uh we want to talk about some things that other people have brought up as well so that is the subject for today and i have what would you like to start with yeah, well, that's, yeah, totally agree with all of that. Yeah, talking a lot about what's stopping you getting started. But before we go into that, I just have to bogart this episode to share with Drew something. <laughs> and fear, uh, Drew's looking very fearful at the moment. <laughs> so we have had one of our lovely list- listeners has contacted me with some lovely feedback. So Graham Wilson has uh, written in and said, loving the new season of the podcast, Drew is making such a valuable contribution. Oh, thank you very much, Graham. And he goes on, for me, your honest, my eyesight is not very good. I put my computer too far from me. For me, your honest insight as to what works in 2023 was an excellent episode. Refreshing to hear open honesty about the pros and cons. H. Moser is an excellent example. For me, I'd love to hear more about rent to essay because that's his strategy. So I thought it'd be nice to share that and get your <laughs> reaction live on camera. Well, thank you, Graham. Kind words. Yeah, we are covering that this season. As you know, that's something I do. Looking forward to doing that episode. Yeah, it's really nice that we get some feedback, though. Because to be honest, I came in, I wasn't sure how the dynamic would go, how how I would fit in. It's very much Anna's podcast. Um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm really pleased to hear that other people who are listening are enjoying it too. So thank you for that. And the numbers are really strong as well. So thank you so much for everyone who's listening. So, <laughs> so uh, talking about fear. So we, yeah, we thought we'd start with, I we had a little chat, didn't we? About when we first started, what were our fears? Um, and we actually had quite kind of different, but kind of similar fears. And I, and I certainly see it a lot when I talk to people, but we're going to cover what our fears were to start. And then I'm going to talk about general market fears because there's a lot of market uncertainty and there's certain things coming up time and time again. So I'm going to talk about them. But really the intention of the episode is to educate and to hopefully help you to take your fears, move through them, understand, put them into perspective, move through them and ultimately help you to hopefully start investing and creating the dream life that you're trying to achieve that's what we're doing this we're not doing property because we want to do property we're doing property because it gives us the lifestyle yeah it's an end uh, end game isn't it for you it's um it, it's creating the life you want and a property is just a vehicle to do it um just fortunate that we really enjoy what we do uh, and anyone who's listening i'm sure has some passion for property as well otherwise you wouldn't be here yeah yeah so when we started 13 years ago it was a bit of a running joke, wasn't it, with this speaker that we, because we, we did some property, we learned about property really through, we kind of fell into it, went and did some training, but we had this lovely speaker who taught us for the first three days, we did quite a lot of property training, but the first three days really was the the real turning point for us. And it was a bit of a joke at the time, 
about the fact that I was just as soon as I understood enough to see what property could do I was like we're doing this I was like absolutely hell for leather knew that this was because we'd been looking I think the thing for me is we'd been looking for something we knew we wanted to do to have a business together we were looking for something that would give us some time freedom we didn't really we would spend all our time working and we want to spend some more time together so as soon as I understood this and as soon as the penny drops of, of how this worked you didn't need money to get started a passive multiple income stream I was absolutely sold. It wasn't to say that I didn't have fear, but I was a hundred percent like, this is for us. We have to do the training. We have to do this. This is the, this is what we've been calling in. Like the answer was in front of us. So it was kind of a bit of a running joke. I was so, I think by lunchtime on the first day of the three day training, I was there. I'm going to do this. We have to do this. And Drew was the opposite. He was just like, absolutely no way. Just on that, would you say typically as a person, you are easily sold to or or quite a hard sell do you know this came up yesterday and I think now now that I know sales techniques they don't work on me so much like but certainly then I'd never really been sold to I was ab- I compl- yes I was absolutely the easiest person to sell to but at the same time we had we had you know we'd gone we'd gone traveling for a year like a little bit before that and we had talked about let's start a business together. What could we do? We'd look to different businesses. So when this happened, this just felt like the perfect thing. This is this, so for me, it was like, well, this is what we've been looking for. But the idea of having the support doing it was, you know, was what helps me. But in terms of the fear, as much as I believed in logically, I could see that this could be exactly what we're wanting exactly and also uh, during the training we'd realized we'd had all this debt that we that we just I was had no idea how we're going to pay back you know so I had a bit of a wake-up call anyway so although on an intellectual level I knew that this was right for me actually I think my fear I think I was in terms of fear the way that the best way I can describe it is I think I just was like stick my fingers in my ears shut my eyes get my head down and just get it done I actually think my fear came up in a different way Um, and I think I didn't I just wanted to get through it I wanted to rush it and get through it Um, and I think really ultimately the underlying fear sorry this is a long-winded way of me getting to this the long-winded fear was of doing something so different because I had grown I'd grown up with my mum and dad who were both employed you know your parents both employed we came from a very mainstream family and then I sat in that training and I was like this is absolutely what I I want to do what I need to do but it was so different from what I was used to I I grew up with the you know rich dad poor dad we read it didn't we on the back of that training but the the poor dad mentality of you don't put yourself in debt you get good savings and you get a good job. And I had this job. I had like a really good job. I was a pensions actuary. Like that's, if you know what a pensions actuary is, people usually are very like, wow, like that's a really good job. Most people haven't heard of it, unfortunately. But for me, deviating from what's considered a very respectable career, a quote unquote, quote unquote, safe, secure job, don't get into debt. We already had debt, which, and I think I'd been trying to ignore that you know and then this idea of putting us more in debt to do the property training going off and doing this really crazy thing I think for me although I knew I could I understood it and it was honestly an answer to our prayers 
the idea of doing something so wildly different from what I was used to, because I'd never done any financial education. I'd never read anything like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, anything like that. I just, I, you know, I just went to uni, got a job, worked hard at my job, was working my way up, you know, doing really well. And then the idea of scrapping all of that to do something else. So my fear definitely was, I think in a nutshell, moving from a safe, secure job to being a business owner and being a property investor, also the respectability thing. I had, I was questionable about how I felt about property investors. I didn't tell anyone because I was a bit embarrassed for a long time. Um, but in terms of the way that I moved through that, really was, it was definitely reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, understanding that there isn't such thing as a safe, secure job. And and actually what happens, yeah. <laughs> three months later, I was made redundant. There was also, I think the biggest thing for me is the, when someone said about multiple income streams and when, when I was told that being an employee, having one income, if something happens to that income, that's all your income gone. Whereas if you have a property portfolio, you have multiple houses, you can, it's passive income. So you can start other businesses, have a few businesses, have some non property related businesses, you're spreading your risk. And I was like, oh my God. And I think that was the thing on an intellectual level, I really understood the logic behind it. And I think when I looked at our finances and I was like, well, we're already in debt. How are we going to pay this off? You were struggling to get a job. And I think for me, it, I just had to put my big girl pants on. I had to understand it on an intellectual level. I then had to obviously do the training, the education, learn about it. And also we did spend quite a, a lot of money doing the education. So we were then, you know, we had a plan. We did our strategy on that training. So we had a very, you know, clear business plan. We're going to flip houses to clear the debt. We're going to build the buy that an HMA portfolio to build our income up so that then if I was made redundant, we could support ourselves. Unfortunately, three months later, three offers accepted and I was made redundant. So we we then had to kind of go into firefighting, moved into my mum's spare room and we flipped the houses, built the portfolio of buy to lets and we had enough to support ourselves. So yes. So the edu- what was that? Education, like having a good business plan um, and putting my big girl pants on. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember the start of it. It was scary. Um, from my side, personally, the fear I had when, when we got started in doing it was just getting going i mean i knew what i was looking for i I didn't have a job at the time Um, and i was trying to find a job in a recession in a dying industry and i just wasn't getting wasn't getting the callbacks wasn't getting the interviews and yeah i i needed an out i needed something to do i needed to take control of it and this was presented and and it was exactly what it was everything i needed and yeah i was still frightened to start it's just this unknown looking back at it now it's silly I mean it absolutely ticks every box for what I was looking for at the time it's my own business we got to be able to do it together it would solve a lot of our income problems it would solve some of our debt problems as well and it would all do it at a relatively fast pace as well and there was just I was sitting there being just frightened to start at the beginning just getting going and that first step was just the most frightening and the, the, the thing I was frightened of was the unknown it's like well what if this doesn't work what if I what if um what we're told isn't something that should actually happen and uh yeah just making mistakes it, and it's all it all circles around uh not knowing stuff um but actually the way we got around that 
way I felt I got around that for myself was um, I was comfortable with the people around me, peace people I was working with in the training company. They had done it before. They understood how the market worked. They had gone through the deals that we were assessing and the deals we'd had accepted and verified them for us. And every time we got a little bit frightened, we were just able to run it past them. And I think that um, just that support of kind of reassurance was of having someone to say, no, this is correct. You're on the right path. You're following everything we've said. This is the right thing to do was what helped me get started in the first place. And I think the, the, the fear, I didn't want the fear to stop me trying this, um, but it certainly can be a bit paralyzing when you um, have done something completely different your entire life and you're taking a leap. So glad I did though. Do you remember the conversation we had? We walked around the block. Yeah, I remember when you were deep in the fear, deep in the fear. And yeah, I think for you, the the money thing, you know, spending money on the edu- uh, on the education was a really big thing for you as well. Um, but yeah, we went for that walk, didn't we? Yeah, around the block in London. Do you remember? Do you remember the question, or do you remember the conversation we had about it? About because I, because I think I was over the line at that point. I was yeah. like, we have to do this, and you were really like, I don't want to spend the money. I'm worried. Does it? Will it work? Etc. And I think it was when you were like, I don't know if it'll work. And I said, Well, what will happen? if it doesn't work and then I said what will happen if it does work yeah and we kind of realized what we were potentially gonna get if it worked far outweighed what we'd lose if it didn't work uh yeah definitely um I mean short of losing a bit more money we'd be in basically the same position if it didn't work but with it working would have completely changed our lives and well what happened (laughs) it did it completely changed our lives it completely changed how we do stuff how we spend time together how we work we just ended up looking at everything differently and it was the foundations to change our lives really and that was all because we faced our fear and moved forward through it and we do still like you said earlier we do still have fears they're just different fears Um, and also I think another thing is that sometimes you just like you just add zeros on the ends. You still have, and, we, and we've we've had this, haven't we? Where we've talked about deals before, we've talked about like the businesses and stuff before, and we kind of just go that some of the same fears are still there from when we started, but there's just an extra zero on the end, or there's two extra zeros on the end. And when we take the zeros off and we talk in those kind of terms, it suddenly doesn't seem as scary. Oh yeah, um, like leveling up your business brings all new fear. But I mean, I had this this year. I've um, massively increased my business this year and fears came back again, but I'm equipped to handle that now. I now know that it's just a fear. It's not a reality. It's just my feeling. Um, And I've already gone through all of this before. So I know I just need to do what I know is right and what I have put my work in on in particular and it gets me through it it's um yeah the fear the fears are there but recognizing them and being able to move forward through them is key and i I think um we handle it both of us handle fear a lot better than we ever did when we were in corporate jobs in our previous lives yeah i think the age thing as well as you get older you're you're a little bit more i don't know i was gonna say you care less or i don't know you're a bit more seasoned i think i think that that because we're in our 40s now if anyone didn't know that um i think being in the 40s you you get to a point because we started we were just 30 when we started and 
a lot of our friends had been working and establishing themselves in good careers and then we went and lived in your mum's spare room yeah and there's a a kind of a perception that you're failing when you're doing that but I think we get to our 40s and we don't really care what people think now it doesn't matter it's about sorting yourself out and that's certainly where I feel I don't don't care anywhere near as much about what people think of me or what I do than I did then because what I'm doing I know what I'm doing is a, a good thing for me and my family and overall it's a good it's a good business to be in we are able to provide for other people we're able to in the business we do we can offer support for other people and there is an element of giving back in what we do but I I don't really care about the judgment so much now it doesn't really matter yeah just to kind of reiterate it's not to you're not expected to not have fear you're just you just get better at managing it yeah and understanding like you said like how you like fear comes from within it's a feeling there's risk and then there's fear and you can mitigate the risks and there's stuff you can do but yeah certainly the fear comes from within there is a really good book I think well it's quite a well-known book but if you haven't heard of it it's feel the fear and do it anyway Mm. and I actually read that I think it was only a couple of years ago actually it wasn't that long ago but yeah there was loads of really really good information in there about not letting it's ultimately not letting your fear stop you doing what you want to do it's not taking crazy risks it's taking you know cautious risks you know because I think fear is always going to be there for people but it's understanding what it is that makes the difference and once you know what that is and can understand and explain to yourself why that's there then you can work around it or work through it or you know remove it completely sometimes yeah and that takes us really beautifully onto the current property market Mm. because there are a lot of very good reasons to be fearful (laughs) in the current market having said that isn't there something about like most millionaires or most billionaires are born during a recession or something I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's an old wire or an urban legends, but certainly it feels like that could be very accurate. This current property market, basically what is happening is prices are dropping rates, like mortgage rates are going up. It's making a lot of uh, landlords, especially and oh, not homeowners and tenants, everyone. But certainly if you're in the property business, it's making a lot of landlords very uncomfortable uh, because rates are just like mortgage, like monthly mortgage payments are just going through the roof. If you're coming off a fixed term, you know, the rates are really, really high. I'm reading like, um, I read someone's um, mortgage has gone up by £500 a month. Like that's a significant amount of money. And obviously prices are dropping. It's not really, you're not really seeing it in the mainstream media, but they definitely are dropping. So there's a lot going on. So there is a lot, There's there are a lot of landlords in pain. And obviously if you listen to podcasts, you know we talk about investing in such a way to market proof your portfolio you can't get rid of everything, but you can certainly mitigate the the vast majority of, of risks. But um, I'm in the process of buying a property at the moment, and I'm hoping it'll go through any day now. The legal sit the the I love my solicitor, but they do they they slow everything down. So anyway, but we're hoping to complete any day, and it's conversations I'm having with my investor at the moment about the risks and about well you know because he understandably he doesn't understand understandably he doesn't understand he obviously doesn't understand the property market as well as I do because this is my whole (laughs) life (laughs) basically so he was like talking to me about prices dropping and what we need to do about you know refinancing and what about mortgage rates going up so I'm going to share with you guys kind of what I shared with him and what you can do to take you know take advantage really of the market or not take advantage but 
to use this market to your advantage. There's a, another really good quote, isn't there? I think it's Warren Buffett that was like, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. And I thought, when I saw that the other day, I thought that's so me because I, I talk about how I wasn't interested in investing in the last three years of the, the market booming. I was like, I'm just not, it's just not really my thing. I mean, we're focusing on the Airbnbs anyway, but now the market is swung and everyone is like exiting. I'm like, let me in, you know? So basically, yes, it's understanding the markets, what happens in a market like this and understanding certain risk mitigation measures. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of touch on a few of them and certainly I'm going to focus on what I was talking with my investor. So basically when we were doing the, like when you're doing any deal, like, and this is what I did with my investor um, a few months ago when we first started talking about this. When you have this big, well, before we had record-breaking low interest rates, we had these prices booming, inflation was going up. We knew it was a matter of time before rates went up. So they put base rates up, mortgage rates were going to go up and it was going to pull. So either going to stagnate the market or bring the prices down. So when I was doing my numbers a few months ago before the market had dropped, I had gone, this is what I think will happen. And if the market drops, I expect it to drop by 10%. And this is what would happen if that's the case. So the reason I say 10% is if you look at the history of price data, you can go to land registry and download it, like the house price index. You can look at certain areas, you can look at the UK, but talking UK on average, the history of price data, going back to the 60s, we've had two drops in house prices. Once when they put rates up, they put base rates up to like 17% in the 1990, I think it early 1990. Um, and basically there was a drop in house price, but a long stagnant, prices like but it it drops in price bounced back slightly and it plateaued and basically it was a 10% drop in house prices and then in the credit crunch which was, was a completely different situation the banks were going under but ultimately the same thing happened we'd had a big uplift in the couple of years before 2007 and then the same thing they put rates up prices dropped by about 15% bounced back and plateaued at 10% so we've seen it twice where prices have come down both times they've come down by 10% but they kind of went a bit more bounced back and plateaued. So for me, it makes total sense. It might not be the case, but it makes total sense that that's probably what's going to happen. The prices, bearing in mind they peaked in November of last year. So this year that we're having the gradual, if you go back to my market predictions, this is actually exactly what I predicted that over the year, we're going to see this long, slow reduction in house prices, and then they'll kind of bounce back and plateau at about 10%. So just to give you some some idea, so in November they it peaked. In 2007, it peaked in October 2007. The market bottomed out at 15% in March 2009, which would be the equivalent of April next year. So we're probably going to see this slow decline. And then in April, they're probably going to this is assuming the same thing happens. It's not going to be exact, but it's a good example of what's likely to happen. And then by June 2025, it should basically plateau the 10%. And it'll probably like what it did before is it oscillated a little bit and it stagnated out. And then I think they did some government incentives after about, I think it was like four years and markets prices went up again. But it's a good, you know, it's happened twice before, similar patterns. So let's assume around the same thing. It, it's not going to be exact, but let's take that as a good example. So really prices are likely to come down this year and then kind of bounce back uh, for mid next year. In terms of the rates, same thing. We went up to, I think, 5.75% in the credit crunch. And then as soon as prices were dropping, they brought them down to try and stop it going too far down, try and stabilize the market. 
So we are talking about rates going up again, I think, like another 0.75%. And then probably when, you know, inflation comes down, prices come down, they'll drop the rates. So for me personally, the rates, what they are at the moment, you know, the mortgage rates are really high. Our mortgage broker has been in touch to say we're coming out of the fixed rate in like six months. So we need to be thinking about it then. Uh, we need to be thinking about what we're going to do. If you're coming out of your fixed rate, it's a shitty time. There's no two ways about it, but it's not going to be forever. You're just going to have to hopefully suck it up. Uh, you know, hopefully you've got enough in your cash flow. It's a temporary blip. And then as we cut, as, as the rates drop, you can refinance. But it'll be a while. It's going to be a while. It's not, don't be like it'll be next month. It'll, you know, it'll be, I don't know, I would imagine probably next year. I don't know. Prices are dropping in terms of your offers. If you are in the process of buying a property, you need to renegotiate that offer at least 10% down. That's what I'm going to be doing. Um, in terms of the rates, I mean, I use angel investors, so it doesn't affect me. But if you have, obviously, the properties that are coming off, look six months, we talked about this before, six months before you're come, due to come out of your fixed term, have a look at your rates, talk to a good mortgage broker and make an informed choice. You have six months. I know it's not ideal. If prices are coming down and the rates just aren't working, you can you can still sell. Like You can still sell. I would be looking through auction personally. Um, you might have to take a bit of a hit on it. Or if you can navigate the price, the rates going up, then you know hold out for a couple of years and rates are likely to come down again. It wouldn't make sense for them to stay high because what they're effectively doing is driving down the price to bring inflation down, et cetera. But in terms of the fear side of things is understanding the market. So there's a couple of things. One, investing in a way like, you know, like I kind of said, our properties, as we come to the end of the fixed term, even in this high rate, I'm not overly worried because we know we've got 50% loan to value for most of our properties. The cash flow is really good. We've got long-term tenants. So even if we take a bit of a hit on the cash flow now, we know that actually it's not a problem. They still cash flow really well. And it, it's a blip. It's a blip. The market moves short term, goes against you, goes for you. We've had a for you and now we've gone against you. You just got to navigate it. If you invest in the right way, these things will be a blip, but they're not going to massively impact what you're doing. If, however, you're getting started, my goodness me, like amazing. Take advantage of this. Get the cheap properties, work with angel investors maybe, or lock in. If you're pro if a property cash flows now, it's definitely going to cash flow, you know, longer term because rates are really high. They're not likely to stay this high. But talk to a good mortgage broker, certainly about the mortgages. But if you have invested and you've invested in properties that are now causing you pain, learn from it. Like take the lessons understands how you could have done things differently. Absolutely. Share. If it's not working, share. Like sell the properties. Take, like I was talking to someone recently, bless them. They've invested in the wrong kind of property. And they're like, well, I have to sell it at this much to get all my money out. And they're massively over. I mean, I could see, I took two seconds. I could see they're massively overpriced. And I was like, you either have to find a way. I was talking about putting a tenant buyer in, find a way to sell this and get through it to navigate, you know, get creative, navigate the next couple of years. Otherwise, take the hit, sell it and, and learn the lesson, invest in better properties next time. Don't be disheartened, though. This is a good market. If you've invested in the wrong properties, don't worry. Like, have a chat with me. I'll do a free market review, for, uh, free property review for you. It's not a problem. There's creative ways you can navigate this market if you've invested in properties that are causing you pain. Hopefully, you've invested in the right kind of properties that aren't causing you pain. And this is just a blip. And you know that in a couple of years, things will settle. It'll be, it'll be absolutely fine. But in the meantime, 
get the discounted properties, you know, be creative, do like direct to vendor, do lease options, all these amazing strategies that are making a comeback now, like enjoy the market, make the most of the market. Yeah, it's um, certainly becoming a good time to build a portfolio, I would say, um, right now. The market uncertainty helps you as an investor and certainly the um, market dropping does exactly the same for you because you can get the, the deals now. So it's definitely worth doing. Uh, but people don't always understand that. They don't understand when to get into the market, when to get out of the market, how the rates work. And yeah, you've covered it very succinctly. Well done. <laughs> There's a lot about, um, a lot of the misunderstanding is rates and, and what the market's going to do. Um, and it's all just, it, it, it's all education. A lot of fear just, I think most of fears can be resolved by just education on the subject, understanding it. Um, so that can either be doing your own research, you know, really drilling down and understanding as broadly as, as how the market works, but also kind of understanding temporary movements, what the current market is, you know, your current affairs on it as well is all really important. But it all can be just resolved that way. Um, uh, just understanding, learning or being surrounded by people who have done it before and understand it themselves uh, and then seeking expert advice. So, I mean, we do it for, um, we do it with the solicitors and the accountants and mortgage brokers. These guys know these specific subjects far better than we do. So we, we seek advice from them, getting surrounded by the right people to make sure that you are making the right decisions. And a lot of those fears go away. Fear goes away with a lot of education, I would say. It's an interesting market, but a really exciting one. I think it's causing pain to some and it's causing a lot of pleasure to others, basically. So if you want to be on the pleasure side of things, then yeah, education for sure. Lovely. Yeah, I think we've covered fear today. Fear, yeah, just fear, fear in general. <laughs> fear, just property fear. We stuck to property fear, property related fear today because I think I don't know much about getting over spiders, although you've had that, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, I literally did a post about that today. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and actually, it's a really good example because um, when I because I had this irrational fear, I think most people do have a. I had an irrational fear of spiders, and then when I started seeing my kids were being irrationally and irrationally scared of spiders, I thought I've got to do something about this. And I, but and I only went for one session with a hypnotherapist, and it was really interesting because we spent the first half of the session talking about why why spiders come out basically understanding and she was kind of talking about the fact that spiders are kind of in your house all the time but she said you see them come out and run across your floor when they're in mating season so that's why you only really see them like you know you tend to get like it's september isn't it you yeah. get like spider season she's like that's their mating season they're coming out mating i don't even know if this is true she might have been lying to me but it works <laughs> But the idea is she was like, they're coming out to find love and they're not interested in you. They're just coming to find their mate. If you think about a little spider crawling across your floor, they're looking for love. And if you go and smush the spider, like, you know, so it actually really helps. And she talked about, I mean, she, I think she talked about that we don't have any poison spiders here. And there was some, you know, and the fact that you're so much bigger than the spider, like they're far more scared of you. It was all stuff, you know, but it was just perspective. Yeah. It just made me look at things slightly differently. The spider being in love thing really did, you know, I'm a bit of a softie, oh, really romantic. an old romantic. So we did that. And then she said to me, how would you like to feel about spiders? And I said, well, I'd love to be able to pick them up. And she was like, why though? And I was like, that's a good point. She's like, why not just be okay? Let them live in peace and you live in peace. And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So we kind of set that intention 
And then she did the hypnotherapy, like the actual hypnosis part, which I can't really remember. It's mainly because it's quite a long time ago. But literally, I left that session and I was fine with spiders. And I don't have this around. I mean, I don't particularly like it if I suddenly see a spider out the corner of my eye. But I just don't. I'm not fearful of them. If I see them, I'm okay. The kids are much better with them as well. Um, But I also took it one step further. And I now, I mean, you I assume you know this. I now name all the spiders in the house. I did not know this. Who do you not know this? Is this thing new you're learning about me? So when we see a spider, because the kids will be like, oh, there's a spider in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, that's Bob. (laughs) Do you not know this? (laughs) So I was like, oh, that's Bob. Yeah, he's just chilling. And the kids like, like, and so this, bear in mind, this was probably, I think probably seven years ago, like six, seven years ago. So the kids are quite young. They're older now, but they still ask me the spiders' names. So it's like, oh, that's Sheila. She's yeah, she's been on holiday. She's back now and things like that. Because and it just takes the fear. It gives the it gives it's this scary spider like gives it switches it to something more positive. Again, understanding things exactly. And this is the thing. This is understanding that the market isn't scary. It's just different from what you're used to, and you can be scared of it because of all the mainstream media. Or you can look at it as an opportunity. You can go, oh, hey, you you remember how we had all those long-term record-breaking low interest rates and prices going up? Remember how amazing that market felt? It's this, in fact, it's this too shall pass. There's that beautiful story and expression, this too shall pass, whether things are going well or going badly, this too shall pass. We had this beautiful time where really things were ripe and amazing for property. And now it's now things have switched. But at some point, it'll switch back again because everything is always moving and changing. And that's why it's so important to invest. A, not not be, don't let the fear of the market stop you, but understand, learn the market and invest in a way that really takes that fear away. One of the things that I found, I was saying to my investor, there were a couple of things. One, I looked at, I said, well, prices are going to have to drop to, going to have to drop by 30% for you not to get your money back with interest. It had to drop to 40% for him not to get his his initial investment back out again. And I was like, highly unlikely, highly unlikely that's going to happen. Um, and two, because he was worried about, you know, mortgage interest rates. And he was worried about, because there's a cap, there's like an income ratio thing. But I was like, they're currently, at the moment, it's like five, five and a half percent. They're going to have to get to like eight and a half percent for that to even start capping the refinance. Yeah. And even then, it's just going to cap it a little bit. Like it, you know, it's not it's not going to stop you getting the money. It's just going to. I'm I'm going to have to then meet the shortfall. So understanding the kind of worst case scenarios, I think I'm hoping it has helped. Yes, no, it does. It does. It helps. Um, just going back to it again, it just helps uh, allow the fear, any fear that you have, just just understanding what what it can do. Um, putting in the extra work at the beginning, a little bit of stress testing in a different market where things are, don't just test at what it is now, test at what it could possibly go up or down to, depending on which way you're looking at it, uh, and make sure that the deal still works before you do that. And the six months as well, six months before the money is due to repay to my investor, I'm doing my six month review. So I was like, six months before, if that cap is hit, if the rates have gone up to 10%, I'll see that six months before it'll give me enough time to sell the property. And I can sell it for a 30% discount, you know, (laughs) as I now know, to be able to pay it back. So it's so wildly unlikely to actually be a problem. When you look at the numbers, it's so unlikely to be a problem. 
Awesome. So we have sorted out fears for everyone. We've fixed everyone's fear. We have. But if people still have fears, if this amazing podcast hasn't answered <laughs> everyone's question on their fears, how can they get in touch with you to ask more questions about it? So the Property Empress podcast. No, that's us. That's us, yeah. <laughs> so here. My website, propertyempress.com. That's what I was going for. Propertyempress.com is the best way to contact me. There's a contact form. You can also email me, Anna at AnnaPierce.com if you'd like. Um, otherwise, all my socials, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. Awesome. So plenty of ways to get in touch. Any feedback on the podcast is much appreciated as well. Our favourite thing are five star reviews. So if you could give us some of those, that'd be awesome if you're enjoying it. And also to put any pop any comments on because we're always checking the comments and having unexpected positive feedback which is really nice today thank you yeah thanks graham uh, yeah but also any any um questions you have or even subjects you'd like us to visit in the future please please get in touch with us and we will do our best to cover that as well lovely do you fancy talking rent essay next week oh am i taking the reins would you like to take the reins i can do that next week no Yay. problem yeah let's talk uh, rent to essay because um a couple of people have asked about it and we're a I guess halfway through the season this is usually about about right isn't it it'll be episode seven so yeah let's do it let's talk about rent to a say yeah put baby. me on the hot seat I better I better get my um notes out <laughs> <laughs> make sure that I'm understanding it well no that's cool I, I I like talking about this so yeah look forward to next week's one then awesome thank you so much thanks thank everyone. everyone see you next time see you next week bye bye